Warning. ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended by what is said please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out and try again. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and some stories may be dramatized for comedic effect. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pro Try News. We are back after a great Christmas break. Thank you guys so much for bearing with us as we got ready for an amazing season. Uh, we got a big episode for you guys planned. Um, and hoping to kind of put the landscape together for what the 2024 season will be like. Joined today, um, the biggest news I have to share since I've begun is I now officially have a girlfriend. So you guys can quit bugging me oh about dating someone on the circuit. Uh, <laughs> next, only as long until she hears this show. Yeah. I'll throw it to okay, you next, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hello, how are we? I'm good. I've just got to Lanzarote. Uh, I've not had a shower in the house for the last two weeks. We're doing renovations. So the highlight is a bathroom in a hotel room right now. I have cleaned, obviously, just to be clear. Um, just not in a shower at home. But I'm good. Talbot's is the one we should be coming to next. I do have a very, very big life update. As of two days ago, I recently became a father. So wow, to a new little girl. It's not a. It's not too like uh, Sam. I, I didn't. My wife didn't give birth to two, but still, I have a newfound respect after watching a female birth in a child into this world. It was my mind's still blown, but it was the most amazing moment of my life thus far. So, yeah. Well, it's tough to back Actually, that up, but I'm I'm quite proud that I rode uh, 150 kilometers yesterday. So Pat 2.0 fully engaged. I've only missed one day of riding in the month of January, and I'm not going to miss the next uh, couple days here. So, yeah, I'm getting That's ready. Impressive. There we yeah, go. Get it done. So, and most importantly, to uh, welcome the the last member of today's show, I thought it was appropriate that I get to welcome him because. Since day one, I have been the biggest fangirl cheerleader with my pom-poms out telling everyone, just keep dreaming, kiss, keep dreaming. There's going to be a race series, and it is officially out. Welcome to the show, the CEO of the PTO, Sam Renouf. Congratulations. It's official. It is, as of just a few minutes ago of this podcast going out, right, which is uh, hot, hot news. Um a lot of work's gone into this. We're super excited, and we hope that the whole sport will be too. But to start with, Talbot, many congratulations. That's an amazing achievement. Uh, with this uh, thank you. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so, so much. And, and how have you been? I, I would assume it's been a very uh, busy off-season for you guys. Um, well, not to throw a curveball of making life even harder. Um, my wife had a baby over the holidays as well. So I now have three young girls at home. Um, and actually, this podcast comes straight after bath time where I rushed home, went and helped, and now very happy to talk to you guys. But it's why I'm a little flustered, if you can see it on the on the webcam. So never a dull moment here. That's amazing. Well, are you going to pump, yeah. trying for a fourth for a boy, or are we, are we done it? You've rolled that nice enough times now. Right now, I think... Uh, Three babies and eight races is enough for uh, for twenty four. Gosh, could you could you imagine with a crystal ball, Sam? Like five years ago, four years ago, they're like, "Hey, or what was that?" Three years ago, you had zero kids, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're like, "You're you're the CEO of the PTO. You got eight races going on, and now you have three babies." 
Yeah, life is pretty busy. But hey, look, your listeners don't want to hear about my um, <laughs> nappy life. Let's jump into the details of uh, this exciting new tour, huh? This episode of Pro Try News is brought to you by TeleRx. TeleRx is an online service that seamlessly lets you obtain an online prescription and medication in minutes. Their licensed and certified doctors only require the information necessary to prescribe. That means no phone calls, no photos, no videos, or lengthy questionnaires. TeleRx offers next-day delivery on over 80 prescription meds, including birth control, glucose monitoring, Ozempic, Retin-A, Tamiflu, Viagra, and Z-Packs. No insurance hassle and a fast access to meds that keep you feeling your best. So use code PTN to take 30% off on all products at TeleRx.com. Awesome. Okay, yeah. real quick before we dive in, uh, we chatted with you last in Milwaukee, and we you kind of jokingly asked the crowd, how many races would you guys like? One, one race, nine races, and it is officially, we all thought it was going to be six races. There's officially eight races on the circuit this year. I mean, are, are you right off the bat happy with the announcement of where you're at, or do you think there's even more to come? No, look, we're, we're super pumped. We've always said that we'd like to, we think the full tour will be 10, but we didn't want to do 10 in the first year of launching it. We thought it would be too much for us, too much for the athletes, too much for the sport, right? So between, candidly, six and eight was the number, and we are thrilled that we have eight phenomenal locations that we're going to see some incredible racing on um, throughout this year. You know, uh, I think we've been, we've tried to be pretty open on, on what we, the reason why we're doing it around the strategy of the sport needs a season-long narrative of it's really going to grow. And really going to go mainstream and what we mean by that is probably fairly obvious but what was lacking even even with the pto and the majors that we were launching we were still lacking a narrative where you could see the best and the best go head to head regularly and that's an important tenet of all sport and so um yes this has been some time in the making but we are pumped amazing uh sam i think the big question everyone wants to know is it's january 30th why did the announcement take so long <laughs> yeah, and it's a really fair question, especially because um, look, you have to own the mistakes when you do them. I made the ultimate faux pas of, I guess, last July or June or wherever it was saying, hey, guys, by October, we'll have this live, right? And if you go and say a statement like that and you don't fulfill it, then people should ask questions. Um, so, look, we, we totally own, or I, I should say, I own the mistake of saying we would be earlier than we thought. Um, this stuff has just been really, really hard. There, there isn't a more exciting reason than that. I was thinking about it before we before we jump on. I wish I had like a really glamorous reason, like oh, the PCO ran out of money or something like that. It's nothing as headline grabbing as that. It's just a lot harder to um, go and stand up what is uh, so Singapore and Ibiza we did last year. So six new events um, in under twelve months, particularly around two, two things, and there are two sort of important details to that. And again, this is maybe not new, but um, the first was that we wanted to separate age group racing from pro racing. And we always do. Right. This is really important to us for us to put on um, what we believe is a, you know, a television show that gives justice to the athleticism of the athletes. We don't think we can do it at the same time as amateur amateur athletes and age groupers. Right. And age groupers are an incredibly important part of the sport and they should have their, their moment, too. So that was one hurdle that candidly was a lot harder than we thought. And, and interestingly enough, I mean, maybe we do go into detail um, if we had just done pro racing or we had just done age group racing, this could have happened much, much quicker. It was the separation of the two and the need for extended road closures that, that just caused a bit of trouble. Um, so, so that's reason one for the delay. 
Actually, there are three reasons because I'll get into one at the end. The second reason was we really wanted to pick iconic locations, right? Really like um, bucket list places that would showcase the sport and elevate to sort of the same level of glamour that Formula One does. And that means that you can't just go to to any old city, right? You have to be very um, conscious in your decisions. It takes time. There's a lot of politics involved, um, especially with glamorous locations. And so um, that took a little bit longer than we thought. And some of those conversations were really painful, um, candidly, but we've got there. And the third reason we will be open about was the Ironman Pro Series. Um, took us by surprise in October last year. We're super positive about it. We said that at the time. We think anytime anybody invests more in professional triathlon, that's a wonderful thing. Um, but it did allow us, uh, in reflection, really positive. I'm a natural optimist. You've got to be in this kind of environment, and you have to be with three babies at home. Um, is uh, is that by having the Ironman Pro Series announced in the calendar, we were able to look at where were our locations, where is the schedule, and try and make this as easy as possible to achieve um, a great year of racing. So those are kind of our three reasons why January the 30th is what we've done this year. I will shut up in 10 seconds other than to say the majority of our events, um, almost all of them, are three to five year contracts, which means we don't have to go through this pain again, right? So people can assume that we're going to go back to Ibiza and we're going to go back to Vegas and all these places. So I'm hoping it is a one-time thing that we have, um, candidly, one of the, the the hardest holidays and Christmas periods I think is imaginable because we've been negotiating stuff right through the, through the break. I'll shut up now and let you ask questions. All right. So here we go. So we've got a race in Miami. We have a race in Singapore. Can we say where the race on June 8th and 9th is yet? Um, we can say that it's in California. All right. Um, so that's that, that's in California. Um, we're gonna, we followed one final approval that we, we didn't really want to push the city. We knew we wanted to launch this now. And we said to them, look, we're going to say it's in California, but we'll give them a little bit more time before we get some road closures confirmed. Beautiful. London, Ibiza, Las Vegas, Dubai. And then we're going to have a grand final somewhere at the end of November. Uh, yeah. So it's not about this. <laughs> it's a it's a global schedule. Is there is there any location that that you still have on your whiteboard at home that you wish we were going to, or you're very optimistic we can get there in years to come? Oh, it's it's less around the wish or the optimism. It's more like we've said this is going to be ten races, right? And so we've got eight. So now there are two other places we could go. Um, if you were to look at the sports, look at so you kind of look at a few bunch of different lenses for this. Um, where is the sport strong? Where is there a strong media market? Where is there good sponsorship? Like these are all the kind of things that we go through. Um, uh, the obvious place from a sporting narrative is is Oceania, right? Australia, New Zealand, incredible athletes come from that part of the world. Um, sport is loved in those countries. Um, equally, other side of the world, Canada. We really liked being in Edmonton and working with the Canadians. Canada punches above its weight from a triathlon perspective. So that's a natural market to go to. Uh you know, South America, Africa, there's, there's, there's lots of other places we can go to, but, um, without sort of getting ahead to what's coming, we're thrilled with the caliber of the locations we have. Um, because yeah, I mean, even you hearing you reel that off then Patrick, like it gets me excited. Like these locations, Ibiza, London, Vegas, like this is how we sell the sport. Yep. Beautiful. And walk us through. So we're going to get to the athletes later on, but first just walk us through the scoring. So for those really kind of at home listening for the first time we've got eight races on the calendar you yes. know we kind of know how the scoring's working but say we're an athlete on the tour yep. help us out 
Yeah, so there are eight races and 40 athletes that we announced earlier today. I don't, let's not go through name by name, right? It's so people can see the list and we can talk about, about um, yep. certain people if you'd like to in a second. Um, those 40 athletes get the first opportunity to race. And what I mean by that, this is the kind of nuance I think your, your listeners would like to hear. So we asked, we have asked um, all of the athletes who are racing in the, in the, and I haven't even mentioned the brand, right? We haven't talked about that yet. So let's get that to that in a second because I was about to say PTO Tour, which is our old name. Um, for the athletes that are racing in the formerly called PTO Tour, um, we've asked that they race five times during the season and in the grand final. So they have to commit to six out of the eight. Now, there is one exception to that. We recognize that there's this almighty sports event that's going to take place in Paris next year, or this year, I should say. Um, the Olympic Games will always be be the biggest moment in, in triathlon. And so we've allowed that if an athlete qualifies and represents their country in the Olympic Games, they only have to do four races instead of six. So that's what the obligation is. 20 male and 20 female athletes have been announced today. And the way it's structured is those athletes get the first choice of the entries, right? So we know they have to do six. Um, if you do the math, which you guys probably have already, there are 140 race starts. I think off the top of my head, unless I just did that math wrong because I'm tired. Um, no, there are 160 race starts. <laughs> long day. Thank you. 160 race starts. And there are obligations to do roughly 120, depending on the Olympic athletes, right? And so that leaves another 40 slots for wild cards that we will go through the season and we will, we will offer out to folks. Um, and those will be based on... Um, athletes that we think will uh, make the racing exciting, you know, people that have come back from injury, um, maybe it's some of the Olympic athletes post-Paris who want to step across and go up a, up a distance. And so um, that's the way the entries will work. In terms of the championship, it's a little complicated, but the sport is complicated, frankly. Um, the four highest scores that the athletes do will count towards their world championship score. And, of course, this is going to be an official world championship awarded by World Triathlon, as you all know, because we, we announced that last year. Um, the points go from 35th for first down to one point for 20th. And um, that's going to be the kind of structure that, that we operate in. So um, the grand final will have more points, just like many sports. We wanted to create a bit of jeopardy for the final stage in the Middle East that we'll announce soon. Um, I think that's a lot of detail. Um, anything else I missed? You guys know this, this uh, from... i got no. a follow-on. So should you, the PTO, unfortunately fail to deliver a race? It happens. Will you be holding athletes to five plus one? That's a really interesting question that I hadn't even thought of, to be to be very candid. Um, if we it does happen. It does, control. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I suppose you're right. I mean, it happens really rarely, and it happens normally the week of, right? It's not it tends to be something that happens a few out. Like, whoa, behold, let's all keep fingers crossed we're not going for a global pandemic and all racing being shut, which would be a whole yeah. But let's take, so say, say someone like Lucy Charles might be coming back from injury. She, she might be racing the first race. I'm just using an example. So she misses the first two deliberately. Get thinking that she can still get her six races in. What happens if you then say can't deliver, I don't know, Las Vegas? So, um, yeah, sorry, I thought you were asking from the other perspective. Uh, I think the, the first instance would be we tend to know with a reasonable bit of time if something's not going to work, right? So I think I would probably be able to stand up an alternative race for the points if I had to, right, or if we had mm -hmm. to. So that would be probably my first protocol. Or, and then secondly, we would sit with the athletes and work out, look, how do we still get great get racing? And if there isn't a racing opportunity, then then people can't race. It's pretty simple, right? Um, but you can tell that's not really a, not really a scenario we thought through, which is which is interesting. We always like to be asked questions. Um, different dynamic to whether the athletes miss them, right? So obviously that's a oh, completely different. Yeah. Sometimes injured or something like that. Yeah. All right. And then last thing, you know, probably the the only thing that might be really obvious on the schedule is. The race in Vegas, 
is one week before we'll call it the crown jewel and triathlon uh, for for the men this year in, in Hawaii and Kona. And so that to me is there's another, you know, London is obviously it's right before the Olympics for, for a handful of the athletes uh, just speak to us on how you, you know, you obviously are aware of these and, and you've got to navigate some of these uh, schedule conflicts, but I guess what's your, what's your take on that? Because clearly we're not the first to ask you about it. Yeah, you're not the first. I'm sure you won't be the last. And and unfortunately, there again isn't an exciting answer. It isn't a hey, we wanted to go head to head and cause scheduling troubles. The rest, um, it is a simple matter of when could we get those races um, live in their markets at a weather environment that we thought would be good for both professionals and age groupers. And that's an important part, right? Because yeah, sure, we could have got a different weekend in Vegas, but not when it's either sweltering hot or too cold. Like that's an environment where it's pretty tough to to schedule candidly. Um, We have made a commitment that we wouldn't um, uh, conflict on a direct weekend. I appreciate within one week is, you know, it's not exactly easy. Um, This is one of the reasons as we looked at this, that we wanted to lean into this uh, process of six out of eight that the athletes could choose. So we know that other people are going to, so the athletes are going to have other obligations. And and we've had some really interesting conversations with obviously lots of athletes as we go about this. And where I'm beginning to think about it is i think it is perfectly possible to achieve racing in the pco tour which let's get onto the brand in a second um and achieving one other outcome in the season but you've got to pick what you do so i don't think it's possible to say do the r full gamut of racing plus say the olympics plus kona right i think that's too hard right it's just too difficult with the way the scheduling works but could you do the pco tour and the olympics or could you do the pco tour and nice or kona i think that's what we've seen and then candidly athletes have voted with their feet in the way they've signed up, right? So I think it's, it's yeah. Showing that. I agree. I agree with you. The, the the six plus the six of eight makes it possible. Like it, we, everyone wants to complain. Oh, it's the week before, but you just cross that off if you're going yep. to Kona. You know, yep. I'm just not going to do Vegas, and yep. then I'll, I'll find it somewhere else. And the fact that the in a way for you, and it's actually quite beneficial that the the Ironman are splitting their championships because you're not going to lose all your headline women and men going for the Ironman World Champs at the same race. You'll lose the yes. women potentially for Ibiza, and you'll yep. only lose the men for Vegas potentially. So I would agree, except for one point, which is what was hard about this year, is there are only so many. It's September, October, November is a very key time for locations to race, right? And by them going to two different dates, they took up even more of the calendar, right? So we wanted to avoid Kona and Nice, plus not being within two weeks of our own events, like with Ibiza. It was just really hard to squeeze this in, and this was the only weekend we could get. Like, yeah, because really- there is- mate, you, you you took up eight of the weekends, mate. Don't don't be moaning about two. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think it's 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 important to note too is that I believe the weekend in Vegas is also the weekend as the grand final uh, for for short distance racing in in Malaga in Spain. So it'll be a busy fall in triathlon. Uh, Sam, you know this is our 149th episode. I think I've complained maybe on 50 of the episodes about this little race <laughs> called the Collins Cup. Uh, I was, I was thrilled not to see the Collins cup this year and you guys really put your effort into the series, uh, the T 100 series and, and what will be the grand final. So, uh, no question on that, but I just want to give a big, uh, a big air knuckles to you from here to, uh, where you're sitting right now that uh, well, look, then you I, may be disappointed to hear the Collins cup will come back at some point. And then some well, point. you know, then, well, um, the, meantime, no. the listeners don't have to listen to me about it. So I apologize <laughs> for interrupting, but it's a good point. Um, so look, the Collins Cup has a role for sure. Like we love the team format that was designed to make triathlon 
more appealing to the general sports fan who didn't need to understand who an athlete was. It's the narrative of the countries, the regions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's not get into the specifics at the moment. It'll come back in some guise, probably not the exact one that we had previously. Otherwise, we would have done it already, right? So we've sort of taken a step back and said, let's get, as you said, this tour up and running. This is the product we think that we can take triathlon mainstream. Um, will in the future there be something Collins Cup-esque that's team-based? Yes, it might be built into an existing event. It could be a competition for the year. But um, we certainly got this really, really beautiful Tiffany's-made gold trophy that sat in storage that needs to get handed around to people like Starkey to go and bash around at after-race parties, right? So like, if that's the only reason to bring it back, then that's a good one. Um, but you did say T100 there, which reminds me we've got to talk about the brand, right? Because this is no longer the PTO Tour. This is now the T100 Triathlon World Tour. Um, which was a very conscious decision for us to um, rebrand um, for the reasons, Mark, it may not be obvious to you, and it certainly wasn't obvious to me being in England, but PTO stands for paid time off in America. And so we were always going to lose the Google fight. Exactly. Unless you're from America, no one really gets that. Um, so we were always going to lose the SEO battle. That was the, the first reason. And, and that's a, like a really genuine, right? Like if yep. people are Googling PTO. That makes perfect sense, yeah. Right? Um, so that was the first reason. Secondly, Mass participation in age group racing is an important part of what we're doing. And we felt that professional tour age group doesn't necessarily correlate. So that was the, the second reason. And the third is that we wanted something that had the Ron Sealed effect, which I imagine is something Mark knows what it means. And the other folks on the call don't, because what Ron, Ron Sealed is a very British phrase to say it does what it says on the tin. And T100 for the distance, hopefully it does what it says on the tin. There's a lot of cultural Thanks. references in two sentences. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, it does make it makes sense. The, the PTO thing, the paid time off, it, when when you're struggling with yeah. Google searches against such a common phrase, you're you're probably up against it. I mean, T100 is a really nice golf club. I guess that's up there. I think it's a motorbike as well, but I don't know. You've got much else to worry about. <laughs> exactly. So will will PTO the name be removed indefinitely, or is it just that's what the tour is going to be called as the T100, and then just the PTO the will stand as the organization? As the organization, exactly. So what's the comparative? Um, UEFA to the Champions League, right? So the PTO will be the organization that the, the athletes are part of, and T100 is the consumer-facing brand of the, of the tour that will operate. Since the year is new, it's time for some new habits. You can start that by taking AG1 with 10 ounces of water or your favorite beverage. I can honestly say that I feel better than when I started four weeks ago. I suck at taking vitamins and pills, so one scoop of AG1 has allowed me to fill my nutrient gaps daily. It's allowed me to have more sustained energy throughout the day, cutting out my afternoon energy drink, and is a powerful, easy-to-use thing each and every day that can be seamlessly included in your routines. AG1 is a supplement that we trust to keep our body with what it needs each and every day. And I'm excited to welcome them on as a new partner for this year. I wanted, If you also want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 K2 drops, which promotes healthy bones, and five free AG1 travel packs. So you're never without it when you're at the races. With your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1 forward slash protrinews. That's drinkag1.com forward slash protrinews. So can we touch on a few other athletes? 
Yeah, please do. Do you, um, given I'm talking lots, do you want to reel out some names and we can talk about them? Or yeah. Well, so the women's side, you basically got a clean sweep bar, what, one athlete, didn't you? So you got, we, we had everyone, you had Ashley, uh, Anne Haug, Ashley Gentle, Taylor Nib, Lucy Charles, um, Laura Phillip, you've got Kat, so you've even got Daniela Reif. Yes. Uh, Chelsea Sadara, you've got a whole, everyone. And then the hot shots you've brought in. Well, who are you missing there? The 16th was missing. So, of the, so this was a little bit complicated, um, candidly, because, and this did cause some consternation with some athletes, and we, we get it. We own, sometimes we make mistakes. We had a two part qualification process to this, as you guys will remember, because you're very close, right? Um, we had a selection point in October, and then we had a selection point at the end of the year. So the first yes. 10 athletes in october were, were automatically qualified and then it went to the next six and so it did mean at the end of the year the ranking didn't necessarily reflect who was in um a couple of athletes benefited from that so holly lawrence from memory is below the 16th but she was top 10 in october so she got a place she's right? yeah you've got her down as a hot shot um i think that's just that's that's my that's bad good. that's my yeah, bad yeah. Oh, it should Kyle. be amelia. it should be amelia watkinson I believe. amelia watkinson yeah. holly lawrence yeah amelia watkinson lucy burham taylor spivey and flora duffy as your those were our, our hot shots yes and so let's let's talk about that actually because you asked about the qualification stuff and i and i missed that detail before 16 athletes are chosen by their ranking across those two dates. Yeah. And then we had four extra um, slots or places that we offered to athletes we thought would impact the racing, right? Cause some dynamism with their, their talents of various different sort of either up and coming athlete or someone who's proven themselves over the distance. Um, and so in the women, as you've just said, those four names were very excited by, by those that are in. To your comment, Mark, um, every single athlete that qualified took their place so we were super super happy about that we candidly assumed not just because of your podcast and everybody else that uh, at least three or four athletes would skip it that's what everyone's been kind of saying for a while um but we were thrilled on the women's side to to have everyone who was offered a place take it and if i reel off some extra things because i've got some fun stats here um so all 16 qualified there are nine countries represented we have an olympic champion four ironman 70.3 world championships and nine Ironman full distance championships amongst the roster of athletes. So it's one. Sorry, and yeah. I mean, you must have been chuffed that Flora Duffy takes one. She's a huge name to bring into that field. Um, and again, Taylor Spivey, handy on the bike, could be could be really strong in that. You didn't get quite so clean sweep with the men. Are you That's disappointed fair. to have missed out on a couple of men? That's fair. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily disappointed because it's sort of the level that we've got to, like, we're just like, we're stoked candidly with almost all of this. We're now going to go and deliver against it. Um, there were a couple of, of, you know, notable names that, that turned it down, and particularly Patrick Langer and Christian Blumenfeld. Um, very logical I mean, reasons. you're a good spin doctor, but there's no way you're telling me you're not disappointed that Christian Blumenfeld didn't take the PTO series. Um, I oh, stand by my comment. I'm really everything that's going on. No, 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 look. Look, will it be great to see Christian racing in the T100 one day? Yeah, I'm sure it is. But to our comment yeah. of what we just said beforehand, and you know, um, what were we saying is that you can achieve a couple of things in the season, but you probably can't achieve three. And totally respect that Christian wants to he wants to be the top top place in Paris and he wants to win Kona, right? And so fitting our racing around that, um, I think, you know, without me being unfair and speaking for him, last year he did a lot, right? And I think this year yeah. his team have said, no, let's focus. And, and so I, I don't think we can really criticize that. No, that's 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 reasonable. Um, what about extending the places for the grand final based on wildcard rankings? So if so my understanding is you can come in as a wildcard. So um, if you're not one of those hot shots or the top ranked athletes, you can come in as a wildcard. And if you get 
to race a couple of races a wild card and you're within the ranking you're then allowed to race the grand final as well so actually a wild card athlete could still compete for the overall series a wild card athlete could compete for the overall series if they've consistently performed and so there's a little bit of a math game if you think about this right so yeah they would have to um and you're catching me out slightly that I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's the the wild card will have had to have placed high enough within it was either top ten or top twenty. We've said within the overall rankings, as you've said, that they can impact the race. So, but if you think about the math to do that, that would require them to get three starts beforehand, which you know, depending on their season, it's not a sure thing, right? It's 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 one of those dynamics where could it happen? Yes, in theory, sort of mathematically, it could happen. Whether we think it probably will, just from the reality of of racing, it's relatively unlikely. Um, but I guess let's see, you know. And then the other part, and we we hopefully we go out of our way to hopefully be like this, is that um, this is the first year we got to learn, we have got to see what works, and you know, should there be twenty five athletes per race, right? Should there be thirty? Should there be twenty? Should there be more wild cards? Like these are things that we will definitely develop yeah. over the years, and I don't think it's set in stone. We have to start somewhere, so that's what we've started with. And I'm assuming the wildcard comes about where you've got your return from those 20 athletes that have taken the priority. You then see how many slots you've got available to potentially take it up to a full 20 field. And exactly. you go out looking for athletes or exactly. do, do athletes approach you and say, hey, have you got a slot at this race? We are always very close to the athletes that could race, right? So like, I mean, I had so many emails and messages from folks saying, hey, look, when the wilds come up, well, excuse me, wild cards come up, please let us in. Um, so I think it'll be a two, two-way two process there. Um, and to, to your point, exactly right. Like we want to have 20 people on the grid right. every time. And so depending on who takes those slots, there'll be opportunities for, for people to come through. And, and speaking to that, heaven forbid, injuries do happen in this sport let's say very early in the season, one of the top level ranked athletes that is on contract gets a season ending injury who will no longer compete in the remainder of the season. Will that slot be replaced with wild cards throughout the year or will you guys replace it with a new contract for an athlete? No, it would just be more wild cards would be available at that point. Um, we don't want to go into sort of the complexity of trying to add more more full, full-time athletes, if that's the right, right way, way of putting it, or full-season athletes, I should say. And and I, speak to that I'm as well. Me. Sorry, one more time. Um, yeah. What will be the responsibility of the athlete still on contract? And also additional to that, what if it is a female who gets pregnant? Um, you're catching me off guard again on the pregnancy policy because I'm fairly sure we have one. I'm just forgetting what we landed at within all these different points. Um, I think actually uh, my better way to answer the question, Talbot, is to say um, this is an athlete organization at the end of the day, and we, we do genuinely care about athlete welfare. We have the mechanisms in place with our contracts that if we think, um, I mean, try and avoid swearing, if people are abusing the contracts, there will be consequences. But we obviously want to work with athletes and don't want to force them to be injured or cause bad things to happen in their lives and, and sort of react to that. This is a good example of where let's get through the first year and see what happens. Um, if we get a lot of – if we get abuse, if that's the right way of putting it, we've got mechanisms that we obviously punish it immediately so it doesn't happen in the future, and we will change the structure moving forward. So if I use a um, conceptual but hopefully doesn't happen scenario that we do have an athlete that sort of abuses their contract, I think it's fair to say that they won't be welcome in PTO moving forward, right? And it's those are the kind of mechanisms which um, which I think are fairly obvious. There's an athlete code of conduct, and so that's how we'll, um, how we'll operate it. And without wanting to go into the contract specifics, because obviously I have seen one, um, you're not daft. You're not paying the whole fee up front, right? So if someone is presumably 
you do also have that mechanism to control and hold over. Um, can I ask a dirty question then about money? Do you intend to be fully transparent with the uh, contract fees yes. that athletes are receiving to the public? Yes. Yes, probably not straight away. Like there's so much sort of news to come out, but this is not, we, we went out of our way. This is probably a good thing for everyone to hear um, to not be doing what I call backroom dealing, right? Of like different negotiations here and there. We want to be really transparent with people. All of the athletes know, right? We've shared all of those um, those pieces. Yeah. And I think at the right time, that can be part of the narrative. I don't necessarily want to lead with money, right? To us, it's the amazing locations, the amazing athletes and creating a journey that's more important than um, the $7 million that will go out to the athletes through the year. That is a number that will, you know, be talking about um and that's a mixture uh you know of upfront contractual payments um as we call them marketing marketing contracts then there's prize money at each event which is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then there is a two million dollar prize pool at the end that the athletes are competing for those um with their four scores but look we're again we're we're slightly unusual as an organization in that we're not sort of a for-profit promoter it's an athlete body we obviously have investors so we have you know commercial intent but we do things slightly differently because we think that's how we can grow the sport and ultimately elevate prize money and, and all those kind of good things cool um sam I would say that we're not naive anymore and and believe that our sport is the cleanest in the world um how are you guys handling drug testing and things like that for the PTO tour? Yeah, so they're uh, as part of our relationship. T100. With T100, sorry. T100. Yes, T100. It's, it's an easy gonna... mistake. It's me a while to correct it, I'm sure, as well. Um, so as part of the relationship with World Triathlon, we are working with them to roll out a both in-competition and out-of-competition testing program that will be for the athletes that are within the T100 and also a – development pool so essentially sort of reaching slightly lower because if you just test the people that are racing then we could create some problems for ourselves the following year for obvious reasons as we all know um we're not quite ready to share all of that but it's coming pretty soon um with with world triathlon um and like i said combination of in competition which is pretty robust and then out of competition which is you know been been a bit of a gap candidly within this this part of the sport and what i mean by that is you've got some athletes that are part of their their nato programs um there are some athletes um that aren't there's obviously got Ironman's program. Yes, we have had conversations with Ironman about are there ways that we can sort of create one common pool eventually. I wouldn't say that's going to happen overnight, but I think it's an aspiration that everyone should have um, that ultimately we get robust testing because, you know, the more money that's in the sport, the more incentive there is to cheat. Fairly obvious point. And so we need to protect for that. Yep. Um, so Sam Laidlow announced in October that he was under investigation with ITA and he is on the... T- T100 uh, grid for this year. Is there has there been any conversation as far as how that's going to be handled? No, because that was Sam talking about that um, publicly. It's not really anything to do with the PTO selection of that athlete. Um, the athlete has to be in good standing. So I'm not going to reference Sam particularly with this set sentence. Athlete has to be good standing with their NGB to be able to race. It's one of sort of the, the tenets of working with World Triathlon. And so um, I guess that's my simple way of saying, you know, all of the athletes that are on the list are in good standing with their respective governing bodies. And that's why they're racing. This week's episode is made possible by TeleRx. Kids are going back to school and sickness is constantly knocking down your door. Do you need an easy, convenient way to get prescription medication? TeleRx has you covered. Effortlessly acquire online prescriptions and medication in minutes with their seamless, easy-to-use online service. No need to make any phone calls or take photos or videos or have a questionnaire that's longer than your arm. 
It's simple. TeleRx offers a next-day delivery on over 80 prescription medications, including birth control, glucose monitors, Ozempic, Retin-A cream, Tamiflu, Viagra, Z-Packs, and more. Use code PTN to take 30% off all products at TeleRx.com. T-E-L-Y-R-X.com. Yeah, that's yeah, a pretty that's, hard to argue with answer that. That's yeah. well, and I wasn't meaning to shut you down. It's just like that's no, just no, 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 no. Um, you know that uh, we've got the athletes. We're excited to go to go see race. Um, we didn't talk about the hot shots on the men. Um, I'm a little bit of an older fan of the sport, and so I'm super pumped to see Javi Gomez and Alistair Brownlee on on this tour. Obviously, a lot of people have have sort of said, "Hey, look, they're maybe past their prime and getting injured pretty regularly." But I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of dynamics these guys can bring to the racing. It's an easy season win for Alistair Brownlee. I'm, I'm, I back him on every show we do. He's going to win. Yeah, I don't know what you. Mark, I thought that was your New Year's resolution, Mark. I thought that was your New Year's resolution. Uh, The other two men, Max Newman and Martin Van Riel. So Martin Van Riel, I'm really excited to see race. Obviously, he was the athlete that we were hoping to see at uh, Singapore and at the U.S. Open in. Uh, so perfect example, that. actually, Kyle, sorry, of, again, the way that the rankings was done at the end of the year is confusing. At the time, Max qualified. Um, so then Max, I'm going to forget which race he had that dropped him down. I'm going to say it was like uh, maybe I'm NWA and he didn't have the score again. And so he dropped down our rankings. But at the time of October, he was one of the automatic qualifiers. Um, oh, wow. Hot shot. And again, it's really good to go through these, yeah. <laughs> these conversations and realize what's different. Um, the two that we offered were, as you said, Martin Van Riel and young Rico Bogan. So he okay. was... I'll adjust that on my end. So. so then, Sam, walk us through what it will look like for qualification in 2025. Are you just going to do top 16 in the series? They get automatic, or what is what is that mapping out to look like? So it's the 29th of January, and I'm quite focused on eight eight races right now. Um, ask me in a few months. Okay. <laughs> no, All right, I'm, 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 I'm joking. Um, there'll be a there'll will obviously be a process that uh, that we don't want to make this a closed league, which I think is probably where your question was coming from. No, right? no, no, I was didn't. I was just. I actually don't know the answer right now, so I'm just asking. No, but uh, well, I'll, I'll answer it with sort of a point. Then is that um, there is the risk of a closed league, right? And what I mean by that is again, sort of depending on who we're talking to. Every American understands a closed league because that's what you guys have. Whereas in, in Europe, we have this thing called rele- relegation and promotion. Um, and what we didn't want to do is create a way that essentially you got yourself into the T100 and then you were safe always, right? So we're working through the mechanisms with the PTO rankings. PTO rankings continues, exists as it is, going to continue onwards. Um, uh, that with a small be, change, though. With a small because change. Because your races are only gold. Our races are In only- terms of the, pri- well, the prize money, your races is 500k and over. And your races will be 250k a race. So you'd actually be ranked a gold tier race if you go off that. Not quite. Um, the way that we do the prize money calculation is the total prize money that's in the series. So you'd have to take the 2 million at the end plus the 250 and then add it in over eight and then you get to the most. Where does it say that in the policy? <laughs> it's, it's, wherever we choose to write that. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that's, so, that's a good honest answer. Wherever you choose to write it, I like it. And again, so, I, I, when we put the prize money together, we flagged it and said, look, are we going to, you know, we want to be open with people. And so that's, that's how, we, how we've done Will, and with you guys doing that, will you also take the Ironman series prize money and divide that amongst their races? I guess we should probably hold ourselves to the same standard, right? Um, uh, so I haven't done the math on it. I'm going to assume the majority of those races are relatively small prize purses. So if you add up that number, I'm not sure it'll get you there. But, you know, it's 1.7 million. There's 16 races in the tour at 150 average. I think actually they'll probably all go down. 
So by this, interesting, maybe we've just put all the Ironman races down. But <laughs> all the Ironman races are bronze level races. Yeah, they might have all dropped by the same logic. So it's it, one of those things where you bring something, What what's there's a famous quote that when I have, uh, I'm going to misquote it now, that I think it was Churchill who said, when I get new information, I'll change my mind. And I, I reserve the right to change my mind, change, change my opinion if new information arises. And this is the way the sport is operating at the moment, right? If we're bringing in new things, we've got to recognize it and, and think it through. Also, you're you're the one stumping up the cash. Why do you have to play by the same rules? Just make them up to suit you. I mean, there is a bit of a level of that. Like I say that facetiously, but I don't really, I, I mean, I do think, you know, you are the ones paying for this series. When people go mad that it, it sort of favours your races, I think, well, why would they pay to favour someone else's races? That's mental. Yeah, agreed. Yes, exactly. Right, so, cool. Um, <laughs> we are definitely... Right, so the ranking, uh, just, just on that, though, it, if they are all platinum, it is going to be incredibly hard for people to move in. I understand the aspiration for a non-closed league. And that's why, Mark, sorry, did It's quite tricky, point. right? Uh, that's exactly why I said I couldn't answer Patrick on how do we get it. Right. Because we need okay, to look at it and make sure it isn't a closed league because that's not good for sport, right? We need to have we want a really fantastic narrative about the athletes that are currently in who are maybe fighting to stay in, right? That's a whole other dynamic where, you know, I'm sure at least half of us have drive to survive and Formula One fans, right? It's as much around the back of the pack as it is the front. Um, we want to create yeah. narratives like that. And, and that's where a season long tour is really important because, you know, who's in fourth or fifth or sixth really matters. Whereas in most individual races, it just doesn't, right? It's the podium. Maybe it's the world champs you care, but outside of that, you don't really care. Whereas for this, like you'll care all the way through the season who's seven, eighth, ninth, right? It's it's important. All right. Let's talk about what actually matters, and that is how can all of us fans watch the races? Have you guys come to a partnership or a broadcast partnership and, and how will everyone throughout the year be able to watch the races? Yeah, look, actually, to be honest, there isn't significant change on that as of right now because we have a lot of the broadcast partners we've had beforehand. We've had a ton more interest. Obviously, we wouldn't have gone through all of these steps if we hadn't spoken to broadcasters, decided do they like triathlon, do they want more of it? And that essentially was the answer from some very clever folks, some of whom have become investors. So Warner Brothers Discovery is an investor in the PTO, um, gave us the feedback that if we wanted to take this sport mainstream, we would need more inventory to use the you know the TV phrase right you can't have three or four races a year and, and not be able to get cut through and so um, whether it's Warner Brothers a whole host of other um, broadcast partners that we've got around the place um, in addition to PTO plus in what we call the dark markets uh, and that means it's a sort of TV phrase for if we don't have a contract in that market that that uh, you can still watch it for PTO plus which is free right because we want to grow grow the audience. Oh, I think what Talbot's a, just just dropped out with his follow up question there. He's gone oh, to a dog. Question: I got, I'm, I'm, I'll pick it up where he left off. Um, the follow up question: Will Race Ranger be involved in the T100 series this year? Yes. Awesome. That was well, easy. The, will it be enforced, or will the referees just <laughs> look at the spot? Well, just look at the bleep, bleep, bleaking lights. <laughs> I think there's a future there that that becomes triathlon's VAR, right? But it's you got to be careful about. All of the obviously the implications of that and all the rest for any person who's in the Heaven forbid the PTO gave a drafting penalty. Have you <laughs> yeah. done one yet? Come on, this could be the first year, Sam. There could be one this year. You're generally very, very not against penalties, right? Um, and I and I mean that both at my personal level and as an organisation. Um, penalties create drama um, and they create excitement. There are some things around penalty boxes we're thinking about of like filming the rest, which you know other people have done before, but it'll play into this. Um, so it's going to be, like, it's going to be exciting. like tasers or like gladiator style pads <laughs> in there. They stand in. And then, uh, no, I mean, with, just, yeah, sorry. Keep just it up be, with the broadcast. Uh, 
data and heart rate and power. Will that be broadcast again this year? Yep, and more of it. So we're working with a couple of different partners to make sure we get better data and, and improve it. It was one of the, the key things we took away with the broadcast partners is that the, this year was, sorry, not this year, 2023 was sort of a test iterate year for us. We are, It's not like it's solved overnight, but these are the things we think are important to be able to take triathlon bigger and check it mainstream. Does that mean what's per kilo live in a broadcast on a, on a normal television broadcast? Probably not as opposed to say it in a second screen device where, you know, ultra fans can watch it and get all the data whilst they're watching a, a clean screen. Kind of like F1 TV. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And I wanted to just bring up one last piece on race ranger was, you know, it, I thought race ranger one was fantastic for self-policing within the race. And then, you know, I know when the three of us uh, were on the ground in Milwaukee, it was seen very clearly from the sidelines and what probably wasn't conveyed as well, just with the way the lights are like that doesn't come across as well on the broadcast, but when you're on the ground, being able to see those lights change color is something that, that I thought was a really unique uh, perspective to it that I wasn't planning for. So uh, I'm thrilled to see it continue to be, you know, used and evolved. And, and I think the athletes would agree there. The athletes like it, don't they? Can I talk um, commentators? This is something, this is quite hard for you. Have you got a set commentary team that will follow you around the eight races or are you going to differentiate between races or? We are going to do some differentiation and some will stay the same. So we're still sort of finding out the right mix and how they gel together. Um, This is really, um, it's not a personal thing, but it's a very, uh, the dynamic of who you have together makes a big difference, right? You might have two people that work really, really well together and then you switch one out and it just doesn't work for either of them. Um, We definitely don't think we've got this right. We think we're sort of getting there. And there are some people that um, have recently or are going to retire soon that we think will be wonderful behind a mic. And so we want to be able to test them out, right? Bring them in. Um, This, like... Uh, this is not an overnight thing, right? The T100, right? So as I no. said, we've got three, three to five year contracts with our current hosts. But the way we look at it is this is multiple years for us to sort of tweak the product and get it ready that this is a product that really, really grows the sport. This year, we're pumped. We're super excited. But it will be a learning year for us, the athletes that are doing it, for the media like you guys that are following it. And um, I'm sure there'll be some mistakes along the way. There'll be some things that didn't make sense. That's you know natural. Um, we're not cautious. So we will go out of our way to try and push boundaries i got one last question and then pat will end it with his last question um did any of the athletes sign multi-year deals or was everyone on a one-year contract Every athlete is on a one-year contract because we didn't offer any multi-year deals. So that is the easy answer. Again, a good example where I, when we first put this together, we were thinking about doing that. And we actually thought, you know what? This is so new for the sport. There's so many moving parts. Let's do one year. Let's test. Let's iterate and, and move along. Sam, w- there was some reports in the news uh, last week about a donation made to a, a race in Malibu. Can we expect a that to be a future venue, or do you just do you guys just really love the event that's going on there? The simple answer is that we really love the event that's going on there, and we think it's really great for the sport. Um, we are going to because it's this has actually been really poorly reported candidly about what's really happened. So we will come out with the new group that are organizing Malibu um, with sort of the full story about what we're doing there. Um, Again, it's one of those things where everyone loves to jump to a headline and think there's this amazing story behind it, and it's really fun. Like it's actually relatively simple, which is the and as a simple point. So I'll 
I'll sort of ruin the story by saying it now is that um, celebrity involvement in any sport is really important growth growth engine, and there is no better place to do that than Malibu. And so when we saw risk of the best celebrity race in the sport, maybe not going quite as well as it could, potentially even being cancelled outright, which was being considered, um, we stepped in and, and said, hey, look, let's make sure the celebrity race comes back. It is not going to be part of the T100 um, tour. Ever or this year? Oh. Never say never. Definitely not this year. I don't think next year. I doubt the year after. Could in, you know, if we do a wonderful job in, around the world and Malibu says, hey, guys, we want this, like, that's a hard thing to say no to, but it's not, not part of the plan, nor was it part of the intention of, of us supporting the race, getting back to strength. Sam, uh, question just for the, because the four of us are going to be there. Will we see you in, uh, in Miami? You certainly will. I think I'm going to be at every location, provided I can get enough childcare cover. In fact, it's the only time I'll sleep. <laughs> and then, uh, what are what are just probably like the final, you know, that you can say to the fans of triathlon? What would be what are the biggest things that they can do to support the T100 series? Oh, that's a great question. So there's actually a really simple one which we didn't cover on at all, right? It is that every single event we have has age group racing has mass participation of various different distances. And one of the strategies we've got is that this is the 100 kilometers is the distance we're really focusing on. But in, I think, every single event, I'm trying to think if there's, a, there's one that isn't, we have some other iteration of racing, whether it's a 5K, whether it's a swim, whether it's a duathlon, we have other things because we're wanting to create festivals of, of endurance sports. So the best thing anyone who's listening to this podcast can do would be please sign up and come and experience it for yourself. And I heard a rumor that the first fan to get a T100 tattoo gets lifetime free entry to any age group racing. Can you confirm that? That is a wonderful rumor. I haven't heard it myself, but it does sound like not a bad idea. <laughs> we can set we set minimum sky size dimensions. Yeah, that's right. Like <laughs> placement. Placement. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, place, placement. Yeah. So if someone was to put T100 on their forehead, will we give them unlimited <laughs> registration at least for the next five years? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. A calf would work too. You certainly a calf would be good. Um, <laughs> for five years, calf for one year. Perfect. What about if they've just stamped it across their Iron Man tattoo, like half blocked <laughs> out the Iron Man tattoo with their T100? That's a whole other dynamic. Right. Like, um, no, look, in, in answer to your question, thank you for asking that because that, that is how we will grow this, right? If these events have the best professionals in the world racing on great TV and there's no one there to watch and enjoy it, trust me, the series won't be around very long. We think that the raw ingredients we're beginning to put together with all of these different parts, let alone the locations that, you know, we rattle through them rather than talking about in great detail because people can see it now live. Um, but we are pumped about taking, you know, the very best professionals into the center of London and around Singapore, around Southern California. I mean, um, California, even um, Miami, Vegas. These are super exciting places to have these races. Nice. Oh, but are you closing us out? Yeah, Talbot, what is that it? Yeah. Is that all? That's it right there. Hey, uh, first and foremost, just want to thank you so much, Sam, for coming on and joining us. We are more excited than ever, especially uh, selfish ones that uh, are going to get a lot of races here in America, like three. So uh, early, that was a complaint earlier on in the uh, podcast. Kyle was a little upset. Only we only you. got three. No, no, Kyle. Kyle was no, complaining me. that there was, was like, only never three races. Yeah. We should we should have had nine here, but it's all right. Uh, but thank you so much. We are more excited. This is arguably going to be the greatest year ever for triathlon with the Olympics, with the new Ironman series, and more importantly, the new T100 series. So thanks for taking your time out. Uh, would love to catch up with you at a race later on this year. Uh, we all actually plan to be, well, not Pat, 
but we, uh, Kyle, Mark, myself, we all plan to be in London later on this year. So uh, maybe we could do a mid-year catch-up and see how the uh, season's going. Let's do it live. Super. We'll do it. We'll do it. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you in Miami. Look forward to it. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks. See ya.